0: Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Um, go to Galatians 5, and 23. I'm continuing my series on the supernatural fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is not ordinary fruit, it's a supernatural because it comes from Jesus on the inside of us. It comes from his spirit inside of us. And if you have Jesus on the inside of you, you have all of this fruit available to you. Good to see you, Stacey. Are you here on vacation too? Man, we got all these people from uh, out of state here just on a Wednesday night. It's awesome, Virginia. Anyways, um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. So these fruit, they're all supernatural because they are a byproduct of what has happened in your spirit when you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you have the spirit of Jesus on the inside of you, he had this fruit in his life, we also have this fruit available to us. We can put on Jesus, we can put on love, we can put on his joy, put on peace, put on long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we already went through the first three fruit which correlate to our relationship with God. These nine fruit can kind of be broken up into three different groups. So the first three, love, joy, and peace, we went through these. These deal with our relationship with God. They flow out of your relationship with God. The second group of three, which I didn't quite make it through, um, deal with our relationship with others. So I like using that word long-suffering. You know, we we, we have patience from God, but, but that patience... Because these next three fruit are dealing with our relationship with others, they have to be demonstrated to other people. Other people should be able to see it, and it has to be manifest and demonstrated to them. So long-suffering, I talk about how to manifest long-suffering towards other people, and you do that through honor. And a lot of these fruit, they're amazing, that there's actually great promises attached to these fruit. When you honor people and when you're a person of honor and you honor the relationships that God has placed in your life, it'll actually bring longevity. It actually affects your health and and the length of your days. We talk a lot about divine health, but there's also divine length of days. And honor is something that's directly related to length of days, to longevity. And we talked about kindness and how you can demonstrate kindness towards others. I love... um, What Proverbs 31 verse 26 says, speaking about the the virtuous woman, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. So kindness, the fruit of kindness is demonstrated, it's expressed to others through your words. And the words that you say have power. There's actually life and death in the words you say, not only over yourself, but also over people that are around you. My parents never once told me and my brothers when we were kids that, that we couldn't do something. You're you're, 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 you know, we live in too small of a town or you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough. You're not, you know, Aaron, you're, you're not big enough to play football. No, they said we could do anything that we wanted to, to go for. And I remember um, I, I um, um, when I was in college, I, I was doing a concert here in Colorado and, and my very first flute teacher came to the concert. I hadn't seen her in like 10 years. But she, at the time, she was the flute professor at the University of Northern Colorado. My dad would drive me from Kit Carson to Greeley once a month, it was a three hour drive one way, fourth grade through eighth grade. For four or five years he did this, he would drive me three hours one way to have flute lessons with her. So years later she saw me and she she told me that she said, something I learned observing you and your brothers is that you guys just grew up thinking you could do anything. You just had this mentality that, that, that there are no limits. And uh, man, the, the, the words that you speak, uh, that they are super powerful, not only just over yourself, but over other people. That, and I like that it's described as the law of kindness. That, that is a spiritual law. My mom taught me this as a child, that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Heather had to remind me of that today. I kind of wanted to go off on someone on social media. But uh, I, I couldn't find a nice way to speak to them, so I just didn't say anything at all. And uh, you, can, yeah, you can make a choice to yield to the spirit or yield to the flesh. And, and I, I like, I like the, the promises and the inheritance that is attached to the fruit of the spirit. When you choose to, to exhibit the, the fruit of the spirit... Um, so um, we'll talk about goodness tonight. That also deals with our relationship with others. And the last three fruits correlate to our relationship with ourself. We'll talk about faithfulness tonight. Um, next week we'll talk about gentleness and self control. But these these really have to deal with your relationship with yourself and, and what you do with with what's happening on the inside. Like there, there are decisions that you make in your soul that relate to your spirit. You know a lot. You know we are a spirit. You possess a soul, and you live in a body. A lot of people, they they are a spirit, but they don't possess their soul. Their soul possesses them. I kind of wanted to let my soul just possess me and do what felt right in the moment, but I didn't. I made made a choice to exhibit some uh, self-control. But we'll talk about faithfulness and how that deals with your your relationship with yourself. But all these these fruit, they they are tremendous. And um, there are promises attached to them. You know, right before in Galatians 5.21, the last part of that verse, um, Paul says, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he's saying, if you practice the works of the flesh... And it, it, practice means you do something repeatedly, and you do it on an ongoing basis. I, I know something about practice. I studied to be a classical musician. I would practice the flute every day three hours a week, th- three, three, every day three hours a day. Plus, you know, on top of rehearsals and things, I did this for years, but you, you, you don't just accidentally practice. Yeah, I'm trying to teach my son Fisher, nine years old, how to play the piano, and he doesn't just accidentally Practice the piano. You know, he tells me it was an accident about other things, but he never tells me, oh, it was an accident that I did my homework or that I practiced. I you know, to to to, to practice something, you have to you have to prioritize it, you have to be intentional, you have to really be alert and mindful and awake. And um, just thinking about practice and the mindfulness of it and and the being alert, part of it. It reminded me of this scripture in Romans 13. You can turn there if you'd like, Romans 13. And I think this is a great word for the church today. Romans 13, it's a great, I believe it's a prophetic word for the church today, but also it relates very strongly to, to um, being intentional in practicing the fruit of the Spirit. Romans 13, will start in verse 11. And do this knowing the time. We have to know the time, right? Know what? It's not just, oh, it's 741, it's Wednesday night, I you know, It's talking about know know, know the season that you're in. Know the season that this world is in. Knowing the time. And he's saying now is the high time. Now it's very important. Now this, this is the most important thing is to wake up out of sleep. The church needs to wake up out of sleep. Now is not the time for the church to be lukewarm and slumbering and apathetic and lazy. And now is the time to wake up. You know, I, I saw, I saw a, a little reel on social media um, just today. I was actually really excited because it's, it's another big church in Colorado, and I, I always thought it was a very lukewarm, um, kind of apathetic type church, but the, the pastor was, he was waking up. He was saying, and it's a big church here in Colorado, he was saying, um, you know, he was saying the church needs to wake up. Like, we have a governor right now that has um, demonic you know, paintings hanging up in his office, and I looked it up, it's true, you know, state, state-funded money that bought him his art collection for his office there in the Capitol building of just this this horrific demonic antichrist stuff. And you know, he's he's pushed for late-term abortions, which is just barbaric. Complete, completely demonic and barbaric. And um, um it's 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 he, he's saying the church needs to wake up. And I was, I was just really proud of someone that had, has such a large influence that he's not afraid of what pushback he might have. Now is the time to wake up, awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Salvation for the believer, it's past, present, and future. You were saved in your spirit when you believed on Jesus. You are being saved in your soul. That's why you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's an, it's an ongoing thing, and you will be saved. Jesus coming again for his church, and he's going he's to give us an eternal mortal body, an eternal physical body. We're going to have a physical... In heaven, you're not just a, a, a mist. He's going to give you a physical body. I don't, I don't know what the matter will be composed of, if it's going to be like you know, nitrogen, and. but you will have a physical body. You will be able to touch other people. You'll be able to hug your friends and your family members in heaven. It, you, they're, they're, he, he's going to redeem us and give us an eternal, glorified, physical body. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. He's talking about the works of the flesh there. He's saying, get rid of that stuff. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on his love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you put on Jesus, you put on all this fruit. Amen. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. That means Pastor Aaron, if he gets too riled up with social media, he just needs to take a fast from that. Which Heather's like, oh, yeah. The voice of the Holy Spirit is speaking to me from the front row here. (laughs) So last week, I I attempted to do three of these fruit of the Spirit, and I only got through two. I didn't want everyone to long-suffer, you know, all night long, so I stopped when it was time to stop. But I talked about, um, you know, the the three fruit that relate to other people, long-suffering. And my point with long-suffering was this, it takes a lot longer to grow a tree than to chop it down. Man, value relationships. Something my dad taught me, his dad passed away when he was 17, but there's a proverb that talks about, you know you need, to, you need to honor your friendships, but not only that, honor the friendships of your father. He actually honored the relationships that his father had developed. He didn't want to just go chopping down trees that even his father developed. Amen? Um, so, so just, man, I, we, we had a, a beautiful tree that got, a disease and we had to chop it down, and this, this tree took 20 years to grow. This beautiful um, crab apple tree would have beautiful blossoms every spring, but it got blight, which is part of the curse. And um, we ended up having to chop it down, but they, you know it took 20 years to grow that thing, and it, it just went down in 20 minutes. I planted a new tree in its place, and you know I'm watering that thing every day in Colorado. It's not like Tennessee where things just grow. It, it takes work to get things to grow here. And, um, and I've been watering the thing every day for a month, and, and guess how much it's grown? Zero. I saw one little new branch come out of the, like, kind of the bottom of the trunk, and I was excited, because I know it's, it's alive, at least. And I, I plucked it off, I told Heather I was so excited to see this little bud that came off of this trunk of this tree. Kindness. It's exhibited to other people by, by, by the words you speak, and, and tonight we'll t- start with goodness, and goodness, because it's a, a fruit that deals with your relationship with other people, I want to talk about how a great way and how I think goodness is often presented and demonstrated to other people. Goodness is demonstrated through the grace of giving. We know that God is a good God because of the gifts that he gives, He only gives good gifts. He gives no bad gifts. There is nothing evil in him. And a lot of the church today has actually tried to change the definition of good. Which to me is is awful. God is not the author of evil. There is nothing evil in him. There's nothing dark in him. There's nothing sinister in him or, or, or like uh, manipulative, like I'm going to do this to try to teach him something good. God does not do that type of thing. God is not a manipulative. Manipulation is actually demonic. If people are manipulative, they, they aren't being Christ-like. They are not putting on the fruit of the spirit. They're actually putting on some other type of spirit. And I'm not an expert in the dark spirits, but I don't really want to tamper with manipulation, amen? God is not the author of evil. He is not manipulative. He is, he is pure. He is truthful. He is just. And he, he only has good gifts for you, amen? James says this, James 1:17. every good gift and every perfect gift, every good thing in your life, every perfect thing in your life, it is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means, they're, they're, like when you get to heaven, you won't even be able to see your own shadow because they, there is no darkness. Heaven just emanates with the light of Jesus. There is no darkness at all. And, and um, I, I, I'm, I, a large portion of the body of Christ tries to twist the definition of Good. When my parents started the church in Kit Carson, they, they lived in a low-income, low government-funded housing, these apartments, and when I was just, I think, three years old, maybe even two, upper two, I don't know, maybe three, I, I kinda snuck off and was talking to some of the neighbor kids, and I was saying, God is good and the devil is bad. I, I was a better preacher than, than the majority of preachers in America today. And I know that some people's theology is screwed up because of the songs that are played on pop Christian radio. Just the other day, I, I, I turned, tuned in to you know, pop Christian radio. And, and this song came on, because what if blessings come through raindrops? What if healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Yuck! Yucky, my daughter Ada, two years old, would say, yucky, I don't want to eat that fruit. God does not put evil, he does not put you through trials. He helps you through the trial. He is the fourth man in the fire. He's not the one sending the fire, sending the flood, trying to, te- he, he is the one with you in the fire. And when you come out, when, when you realize that he's the one with you, you're not even going to smell like smoke. And the things that, that, that the world tried to chain you up with, they are going to burn off of you. All those trials that come from the devil are going to backfire on him because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, John said this in 1 John 3, 8, the purpose of Jesus Christ coming to the world and being manifest. For this purpose the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? The devil is evil. He is not good. God is completely good and if something is a work of the devil, I know it does not come from God. I know if something is the work of the devil that Jesus wants to destroy it. Jesus does not give you a thousand sleepless nights. The Bible says that he gives his beloved sleep. So when I sleep well, I say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me a great night's sleep. Thank you for giving me peace. You took anxiety upon yourself at the cross. You died on the cross to take my anxiety upon you. Sleeplessness does not come from you, God. You give me, you give me, I am your beloved and you give me sleep. The devil is the author of sin. He is the author of sickness. He is the author of death. He is the author of confusion. Another song I hate, I'm so confused. I thought I heard you loud and clear. Thy will be done is the name of that great song. Sounds like she prays those great thy will be done kind of prayers. God is not the author of confusion. We have the mind of Christ that way he may teach us. Amen. Lack is from the devil. The very first thing, you know, the devil tried to do to mankind. Hey Eve, you see that tree over there in the middle of the garden? You're lacking. You, you, like let's go. On, let's go on a walk to this tree, and you know, don't don't look at this tree. Don't look at that apple tree. Don't look at that banana tree. Don't look at all this stuff that you do have. It's in the. She, she had to walk past everything that she had. All the apples you want. All the pineapples you want. All the papayas you want. All the almonds you want. All the avocados you want. All the. Ignore all of that. This is what you're missing out on. And if you just had this one thing, then everything would be amazing. <laughs> the devil is the author of lack and confusion. So we'll talk about goodness. And uh, man, you tap into goodness through the grace of giving. And, and, and the, the awesome thing about this fruit, I talked about how a lot of these fruit affect your longevity. Goodness not only affects your longevity, the length of days, it also affects the quality of your days. You know, who, who cares to li- live a long time if every day is miserable? Every day you're just bitter and jaded and dried up and unfruitful. And when, when, when you tap into the grace of giving, and, and God, our Father Jesus, they, that is the, he is the greatest giver ever. And when you tap into that, Man, talk about a life. You know, uh, one of my historical heroes, Winston Churchill, said this. He said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. We can't just live with a consumeristic mindset. What's in it for me? If you you constantly, you know, and we're talking about relationships, right? The fruit that, that are exhibited in our relationships to other people. If you go to other people, people that are close to you, friends, pastors, coworkers, children, your spouse, and it's just, what's in it for me? Man, that, that's, that's a great way to just dry up a relationship really fast. Well, hey, my little two-year-old Ada, what are you going to do for me today? What's in it for me? I'm just tired of changing diapers and tired of... I'm getting nothing out of this, (laughs) some sleepless nights, not really, God gives Ada his beloved sleep, he's actually a great sleeper, amen, we can't live with a consumeristic mindset, it won't produce good fruit. It won't produce a good life. We need to have a good quality of life. God has placed substantial things within us so that we can give these things to other people, substantial things. When you give, you give give from your substance, right? I like what Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 says. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your substance. So that means something that could be financial, that could be your talent, that could be Hey, I am gonna devote my life to God. I'm gonna devote my life to, to being a pastor. I'm gonna lay some crowns down and just do what God has called me to do. Whatever, whatever substance the, the substance that God that you give it, it's it's what God has called you to do, what He has asked of you to do. Honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your presses will burst out with new wine. That's that's talking about. You're never going to dry up. You're never going to just have old dirty water drink. You're, you're going to have an abundance and an overflow in your life. Amen? Amen. That, that All this, this grace of giving, it comes from the inside of us. And Jesus, he is the light of the Father, and there is no darkness in him. Every, everything about Jesus, everything that Jesus did was completely good. Everything that he did, everything that he gave, everything that everything was completely good about him and that that we can tap into that and and have that flow out of us amen and I love all all of these gifts connect to love we talked about how God is love all these gifts are interconnected it's not like well I I can't really love but I'm a joyful person or I I can't really love or be joyful but at least I have self-control you know I no, they, they all flow together. And, and love, when love is the motivation, it always gives the best gifts. You know, when, when a gift is given without love, given from another fruit, you, you can actually give gifts. You can, you can give things, but not out of love, with, with other intentions. Right, you can give you can give a a uh, a bribe to somebody. I, I told I told Fisher you know if, if a cop pulls me over, I never speed. But I, we I don't know how we got on this conversation. I just said you can't just offer that cop hundred dollars to let you go free. So that's actually called a bribe, and it's illegal. And sometimes people try try to try to bribe their way to get what they want. Like I'll do I'll do this. And by the way, you're just, you're just the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life, and I'll take you to dinner and buy you nice flowers. And... But the moment you don't get what you want, you, you see, you see what, what the true intentions were. Was it love? Was it kindness? Or, or was it something else? Was it lust? And if you see if it, it was something. there's some other kind of intention, then, then it, it wasn't really a gift. It was a bribe, or it was flattery. Flattery is actually, it's demonic. Like trying to express kind words, but with with a manipulated intention. The enemy tries to take things that God has given and twist them. He tries to turn love into lust. He tries to turn giving into manipulation and and, uh, kindness into flattery. But all these things need to flow from God, and there is no darkness in him at all. He is completely good. Amen? That was a good little side thought there for somebody. And, and, and um, I'll talk about this in the next fruit, but, but one way you can tell some, the, the true fruit of some, someone is time. time. Time reveals a lot of things. Amen? By, by their fruit you will know them. You know, I, I'm really glad I'm a pastor here. I'm glad I'm a part of Carious Christian Center because I, I've seen time. I have observed my dad for decades, and I've seen the fruit. Some of the fruit is sitting here tonight. Amen. Many of you are, are fruit of, of his ministry, and does that make sense? So, so you can observe fruit over the course of time. Time reveals a lot of things. Man, I, I just keep hearing this word. I mentioned it last week, but I keep hearing it a lot. is just this word, rejuvenation. And, and it, um, I, I believe that God, God wants to rejuvenate you. I know some people have been through the fire. Some people have been through the flood. But he's going to bring you to an abundant place, a wealthy place, a place of abundant fulfillment. And, um, um, man, the... the some of you have been through the fire, and I've seen fires here in Colorado. I was here when the Waldo Canyon fire happened. You know, just a few days ago, Heather and Aiden and I went on a hike, and I, one of my favorite hikes, I, I, we talked, we were trying to figure out where to go on a hike, we ended up going to the Garden of Our God. <laughs> and... Uh, um, I told her that one of my favorite hikes was, was um, up Waldo Canyon. There, there's a great hike, uh, Queens, Queens Canyon, I think is what it's called. But, but you'd hike up this creek the whole way, and there's a waterfall up there, and you keep going past it. And there's these big pools, the punch bowls, and you jump in and swim. But um, you can't hike up there because of this fire that happened, you know, 10, 12 years ago. It's because after the fire happens, floods can happen. Right? That's why they, they've been doing all this flood mitigation stuff down there at at the base of that canyon next to Garden of the Gods is because there there aren't trees and roots to soak up the water so a lot of water can rush through there. So after the, after the, some people have been through the fire and and there might be some floods too. But God, stick with God and he's going to bring you to a wealthy place, a place of abundant fulfillment. God, um, he wants to rejuvenate your life. And he does, does so through his goodness. God is not done giving. God is a continual giver. Amen? And it's important to remind yourself of, of the good things he has given to you, but also look forward to the good things he's going to continue to give to you and, and give to you in the future. God is always a giver, and he's not done giving. Amen? If he gave you Jesus, he's going to keep giving. He's not going to stop giving. If I gave a great gift to Heather and just stopped giving She'd get mad at me. Said, Heather, I, I gave you an awesome gift. I gave you, you know, that, that, that pair of shoes you really wanted and that's the, that's the best gift I could give you and I'm just done giving. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's Christmas or your birthday, like I've, no, God, God keeps giving. He gave us his very best, but he still keeps giving. So he's not done with you yet. Amen. He's going to keep giving, and he wants to, and really, you, you need to be looking forward to his goodness on a continual basis, and that's where rejuvenation comes from, when you keep looking to his goodness, and you keep experiencing his goodness on a continual basis. God is not done giving. He wants you to experience his goodness each and every day. Maybe you experience some great things. You got some great gifts. You got that great pair of shoes, but God is not done giving. He, he, and, and the greatest givers are the givers that, that know how to surprise you. They, they give you something that, that you didn't even know that you needed, even, that you didn't even know that you wanted. They know you better than you know yourself. And they, they understand the art of timing, too. They give it to you at the perfect time. Amen? That's how God is. And, and, and he wants to rejuvenate you. He wants to rejuvenate your life with his goodness to always keep going back to the goodness of God. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. This is a great one. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We're to see his goodness here in this lifetime. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Man, that, that's how you experience rejuvenation was you keep, keep trusting. I trust in God, my Savior. Amen, I love that song that we sing. So God God is continually good, and, and, and be very careful that a, a great portion of the body of Christ tries to re-defi- redefine the word good. And it's not that hard to define, amen? If something is is bad, it's from the devil, right? The devil is the author of sin, sickness, disease, confusion, lack. These things are not from God. He does not put these things on you. God is not a manipulator. He's not some great puppeteer. Bad things do happen here on this earth. Because, because this, this, this earth is not a perfect place. Amen? And, and the, the bad things that, that have happened, that are happening, that will happen, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault, and God wants to help you. Amen? Amen. Let's go on to faithfulness. I want to talk about faithfulness. And, man, this, um, my, my point for this is if you want to grow and be strong, this has to be part of your diet. When I was in high school, I, um, um, I, I played sports for a little bit, but then I, I got really busy with music, but both of my brothers um, played sports all throughout high school, and they were very very athletic. Um, they both were great sprinters. They, they actually won the, the State 4A um, you know, Class 4 by 100 relay together. They ran on the same relay team, one State together. Very fast sprinters. They, they both were the starting running backs at Shy Mountain High School, and um, in the summertime, when I wasn't as busy, I, w- I would work out with them. I'd go to the gym with them and, and work out with the, you know, the weights coach, this guy who's coached football and things forever, and, um, and he would tell me, I remember I was working out with my brothers and all these football players, like the summer before I went to college, when I went to, off to Pittsburgh to, you know, study music and just be a full-time flute player, this coach said, "You're going to be the you know most ripped flute player ever." <laughs> My brothers, they they uh, they were really strong. They could both bench twice their body weight. They could both both bench over 300 pounds. I think Andrew weighed 155 pounds. He could bench 310. Peter weighed 170. He could bench 340 pounds. But I know, like like they Andrew actually when he started lifting weights a lot, he actually. Grew so his muscles grew so quickly that he got um, stretch marks on his pecs and on his legs from lifting, and his his jeans would rip. Like he had to get different jeans just because his thighs were so thick. From and um, I'm not there yet, <laughs> but I'm there in the spirit. And if you want to be ripped, and maybe maybe you're you're a flute player and and. And uh, maybe you just don't have time to lift weights three hours a day and eat you know five whole chickens or whatever you have to do to, to, to gain that much muscle. I don't know you have to do certain things to get that strong. But to, to, to be that ripped in the realm of the spirit and in your soul and this, this is really about this is a self-relationship. We're shifting to a relationship with yourself. Faithfulness, it's something that happens within yourself. And uh, this is the first fruit that correlates to a relationship with self. Um, some, some translations, I know my dad's favorite translation is the King James Version. This is, this is called the fruit of faith, which I also like. And if your translation says you know faithfulness, I like that as well. And, and I, I like the fruit of faith because there is fruit of faith. And um, there is, my dad mentioned this, like he's talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the gifts, the charismatic gifts. There is a charismatic gift of faith, and there is also a fruit of faith. So I want to define the 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 difference between the two, between a charismatic gift of faith and the fruit of faith. And if my dad has anything to add to it, he will do so Sunday morning. <laughs> Not tonight. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> this prophet Aaron for A gift. It, it is a charismatic gift. It, a gift is something that is manifested during important occasions. So all the charismatic gifts, you know if someone has it because there was an occasion where that gift was needed and it became manifest. Like hey, someone here is, is sick already die, let's pray, and this person prayed for him, and they were healed like that. There was a a gift of the Holy Spirit, a gift of healing present. Right? Uh, uh, So a gift of faith, it's like there is a very difficult situation going on, and someone just taps into this charismatic outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and and it's, it's manifest. This guy is not just he doesn't just have normal fruit. He's got something way beyond. This, this is straight from an outpouring of the Holy Spirit type of thing. It's something that's outpouring, may not from within. Does that make sense? It, it's not necessarily something that you just get to choose. It's something that's poured out on you by the Holy Spirit. A gift is something that is manifested during important occasions. We really don't know what to do here. We're between at choice A or choice B, what do we do? A, a word of wisdom will kick in and say, go this way, do this, buy this church, buy this property, do this. A word of wisdom will kick in. And, and, and you'll actually see that, that that was that person had maybe didn't even know about what you were going through sometimes. The only way it could have been given to them was was from an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of faith is always demonstrated. The fruit of faith is always demonstrated because it is incredibly consistent. Faith makes a choice. The fruit of faith is always demonstrated because it is incredibly consistent. And that's how I'm going to tie it into faithfulness, consistency. Faithfulness is the first fruit that correlates to a relationship with yourself. You make consistent choices. God tells you to do something, and you continually do it no matter what. That is faithfulness. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter if the world's on, everything's on fire. You're going to do what God has called you to do. You're going to be where God has called you to be. You're going to keep, keep doing. You're going to keep making that choice, and it's an individual choice. Because it, ha- it deals with your, your self-relationship, this is really good. This means you cannot make someone else be faithful. You cannot make someone else faithful. That, that is a self-fruit. They have to choose within themselves if they're going to be faithful or not. Some of you have been around unfaithful people in your life. You've been hurt by unfaithful people. Maybe someone close to you, maybe a spouse, maybe a, uh, a family member, maybe maybe someone that worked for you, maybe someone that you, a friendship and they were, unf- that it is not your fault. It, it's, it's a self fruit that means you cannot make, you cannot teach someone faithfulness. You cannot, it, it, it is up to that individual. They have a choice whether to, 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 to be faithful or not. And you also have a choice. You have a choice. I'm going to be a faithful person. I'm going to make consistent choices based upon what God has told me to do. So keep doing what God has called you to do. Keep being who God has created you to be. Stay where God has called you to go. Don't uproot yourself every time there is a dry season. Tap deeper. During a dry season, tap deeper into the realm of the Spirit, and you will be watered. You'll be nourished. You'll continue to grow and bear fruit even during the drought. But I've observed my dad over decades. I've observed the fruit in his life and my mom over decades. Faithful, 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 faithful. They've been through different seasons in their ministry. They've been through different seasons in life with business, with kids, with whatever. Faithful. Man, faithfulness is a prized fruit. It is a pride. If you see faithfulness in someone that is pure, that is better than gold. You know, if, if you keep choosing to not be faithful, you're going to eventually dry up. I'm not going to dry up. I'm not going to burn out. I'm going to be like the man that Jeremiah describes in Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Man, if if your hope is in Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8, this is awesome, about faithfulness. Keep trusting in the Lord. Sometimes people uproot themselves because they're not really trusting in the Lord. They're trusting in something else. They're really looking for recognition or looking for promotion or looking for whatever, looking for... Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I said faithfulness is rare. How do you see it in other people? Time will tell. Time, time tells a lot of things. Proverbs, verse tw- Proverbs 20, verse 6 and 7 says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? This is a proverb. This means it's not, we should be looking for faithful people. Who can find a faithful man? The righteous man walks in his integrity. Faithfulness and integrity go hand in hand. His children are blessed after him. Man, this doesn't just affect your longevity, your quality. It affects your children. Faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. I'm so thankful that my parents are extremely faithful. Extremely faithful. And I I know the blessing that's on my life, my brother Andrew's life, my brother Peter's life, it's it's not just because of, a, a large part of it is because of an inheritance that we're reaping from my parents' faithfulness. His children are blessed after him. This fruit will cause your children to be blessed. Amen. I love that. And time time reveals a lot of things. Uh, my last scripture for you tonight. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. You can, you can go ahead and turn there. This is actually really important. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. As you're turning there, I just have this thought as well. Faithfulness is, is super essential. And it flows with all the other fruit. It needs to be mixed into your fruit salad. It affects all the other fruit. You know, what if you just say, well, I I have the fruit of love. I'm loving on Sundays. Not the other days. Or I'm joyful on holidays, on Friday, when it's the weekend. But not on Mondays. Or I, I have peace, sure, when I'm on vacation, when I'm on a beach. Or, you know, I'm, I'm kind when there's something in it for me. Now, faithfulness, it, 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 it's mixed in with, with this beautiful fruit salad. And faithfulness, faithfulness, it's one of those tests. Sometimes you take a self test, right? You're, you assess yourself. Faithfulness, it's one of those tests that you will keep on taking until you learn to pass it. That's a great word. That was very quiet. There's some tests in life that you're going to keep taking until you pass it. Faithfulness is one of those tests. Well, God, why don't you tell me what to do? Well, I did. God, why don't you show me where to go? I did, but you left. God, why don't you show me what to say? I did, but you didn't say it. Second Timothy two verse two. "And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Oftentimes the things that we're looking for, maybe in a, in a preacher, in a singer, in a, someone we hire, or we're, we often look for ability. But now we need to look for faithfulness first. Commit these to faithful men. Faithfulness comes first. Ability comes second. Commit these to faithful men who will then be able to teach others also. Ability and teaching and impacting others comes second. Maybe you want God to, to increase your, your impact on other people. Keep being faithful, faithfulness comes first, ability comes second, keep being faithful, and I know that God will cause you to grow and he will bring promotion, amen? Amen, awesome. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.